Welcome to the Sovereign Love Stream podcast with your hosts, Danny and Vanessa Panzella Velez. Join us and special expert guests as we discuss love, sex, parenting, psychedelics, and spirituality. Please subscribe now and join us bi-weekly on Sundays at SovereignLoveStream.com for our live video broadcast. Please check out our social media on censorship-free platforms like Minds.com, Float.app, and Odyssey.com. Find links to all of our social media at SovereignLoveStream.com. If you would like to support our show with an energy exchange, please visit us at Patreon.com slash SovereignLoveStream. Thank you for listening. Enjoy the podcast. Hi, welcome to the Sovereign Love Stream. Happy Sovereign Sunday. Happy Sovereign Sunday. If you watched last week's episode, then you know we're on a road trip. We're down here in Austin, Texas for the Greater Reset 3 uh, conference. And Vanessa's going to introduce our talk. We're going to share that talk with you right now, um, which was pre-recorded yesterday. Um, yes, we gave a talk about maintaining the frequency of sovereignty. And as we all know, these tri- these times are very challenging. So we share some practical tips that we use in our daily lives to try to maintain that frequency of sovereignty as we navigate the world. And um, those things also help us live more joyful and exciting lives. So we hope that you enjoy some of these tips. Give us your thoughts and feedback in the comments. Absolutely. Yeah. Right before we get into our um, talk, though, we're going to play a short video introducing the Greater Reset so you can get some more information about that. Uh, if you want to check that out, the conference is still going on. Um, and you can also see the recorded talks afterwards. So check out thegreaterreset.org. In June 2020, the World Economic Forum launched their initiative, The Great Reset an attempt to centralize and manage the direction of the planet and its resources. The people of the world immediately exposed and took action against this power grab. In January 2021, the Freedom Cell Network launched the Greater Reset Activation, a solutions-focused event offering an alternative to the Great Reset. Now we are returning with the Greater Reset 3, Integration a five-day hybrid event where revolutionary speakers and organizations focus on integrating the solutions to real-world problems. The Greater Reset 3 will focus on activating five themes. January 26th, liberate your mind, body, and soul. January 27th, agorism and parallel networks. January 28th, permaculture and food independence. January 29th, take back our tech. And January 30th, building free and conscious communities. Now, more than ever, it is of vital importance that the free hearts and minds of the world rally together to build parallel structures so we may be liberated from the tyranny of the Great Reset. Join us from January 26th to the 30th, 2022, as we gather online in Central Texas and Morelia, Mexico, as well as local activation hubs worldwide. Join us as we lay the foundation for the next stage of a free humanity. Join us for the Greater Reset 3, Integration. View the full speakers list, find your local activation hub, or start your own at thegreaterreset.org.
Today is all about liberating your mind, body, and soul. And far too often, people focus on what's going on out there, right? And a lot of people focus on the tyrants and the Fauci's and the Klaus Schwab's, and people tend to get worked up. When in reality, more often than not, the biggest tyrants that are in our lives are right in here. And more often than not, we're our own worst enemies and our biggest critics. But I want to share with you guys, it doesn't have to be that way. And the folks that I'm about to introduce, I've known for many, 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 many years. And I've had a front row seat of watching them transform. I've had a front row seat of watching some pretty serious, difficult fights and stress and drama. And on the flip side, I've seen some beauty and some wonder. And I look up to these two very much. They're really close to me. So I'm going to bring up Danny and Vanessa. Come on down. <laughs> okay, now the, we're going to count how many times Danny tears up during this talk, okay? So, and we're placing bets in the, in the back. <laughs> All right, give it up. I've already cried about 12 times since arriving in Texas. I, you know, I still always get nervous when we come up here to do these kind of things. I feel like there's a lot of responsibility, right, involved in getting on stage and preaching a message, right? And it's something that I don't take lightly. You know, we say all the time uh, on our podcast that we're not gurus. We're not experts on anything. We're just sharing the things that have helped us in our lives, improve our lives, um, help us to become more um, embodied in our sovereignty. And that has improved our lives. And also to open up the communication, um, to open up to community, right? Um, sometimes we're going through these difficult moments, this fear, this stress, this anxiety, and we kind of hold it in, right? Because we have to be strong and put on a brave face. But it helps to be in community and be vulnerable and say, this is really hard. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know how I'm going to talk to my children about what's happening. I don't know how I'm going to talk to my family about what's happening. And if we don't don't open up and share those fears and those anxieties, then we suffer that part alone. And that's not how we build community. So we're all about being vulnerable, sharing our stories, sharing our journey, our difficulties, and opening up that space so that we can all share and carry that burden and help each other out. So we're not doing it by ourselves. Oh, thank you, baby. <laughs> um, but we should probably introduce ourselves. Yes. <laughs> my name is Danny. This is my beautiful wife, Vanessa. Uh, we are lots of things. We've been in the liberty movement for a long time. I've known John for over a decade, and we've been working together. I was here at the birth of Freedom Cells 10 years ago. Uh, we live in Brooklyn, New York, and 10 years ago, there was no one else on the Freedom Cell Network in New York but me. <laughs> and uh, now it is, it's exploded. There is a thriving Freedom Cell um, network because there's a bunch of different ones in different boroughs and different areas of New York City. Um, but it is a thriving community that w we know is watching. So <laughs> shout out to the Northeast Freedom Cells and New York City in particular. Um, we do a podcast on uh, love, sex, and psychedelics. We are psychedelic advocates. And um, yeah, let's give it up for psychedelics, for plant medicines. Yeah. Plant medicines have taught us a lot about sovereignty. Um, and that's why we share the gospel of plant medicines. 
And um, we were recently, or actually it was right at the beginning of the um, pandemic that we were featured on the Today Show talking about how we healed our relationship. Uh, John kind of hinted at that earlier. We were in a really toxic relationship. We were both married before. Uh, we carried traumas and terrible toxic patterns from our previous relationships into this one. And we got to a point where our relationship was so bad, John witnessed a lot of that, and um, that we decided that it was either going to be where we're going to start healing ourselves or we were going to have to part ways. And luckily, we had that bedrock of real love to, to stand on. And we chose the path of healing. And that's what, that's what brought us here. So if uh, our podcast is called Sovereign Love Stream, if you want to check that out. Um, but really what we want to talk to uh, today about is maintaining the frequency of sovereignty. So I don't want to monopolize the mic. Baby. <laughs> um, well, a lot of people ask us, what are you guys still doing in Brooklyn, New York, of all places? And um, we like to think of um, our time in New York, our life in New York, as a true test to our sovereignty. We're being shown all the ways in which we can improve our sovereignty, all the ways in which we're not embodying our sovereignty. Can we truly be sovereign in New York City and we are. Yes. The answer is yes. <laughs> you can be sovereign yes. anywhere. <laughs> and where that um, kind of came from is from us recognizing that our sovereignty comes from within and learning to embody that. Um, it's not a matter of, like John was saying earlier, going out there and trying to change the world so that we can be sovereign. It's about being, knowing that that sovereignty comes from within, embodying it and flows outwards, right? Um, once you start living in sovereignty, then people are looking at you like, what's, what are you doing? We've had plenty of conversations with people in New York City that, you know, they see us and we're not wearing masks and it doesn't look like we're living in fear and random people just start talking to us. And then, then we hear that they secretly don't believe all the stuff they hear on TV. We hear that they secretly don't want to wear the masks. We've heard that people actually have gone in anger to get vaccinated because they felt they were going to be ostracized by their friends and family and they felt obligated to do that and they did it in anger and frustrated that they had made that decision and that's not being in your sovereignty exactly so um where we come from the 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 message we want to send out into the world is that you do have to embody your own sovereignty so that you can make decisions going forward that are embodied decisions, that are centered decisions. We're not making decisions out of fear, out of anger, out of frustration. Why should somebody go get vaccinated if they don't want to do it, if they are angry about it? Imagine what that does to your body going to receive a chemical in your body while you're angry and tense and frustrated and scared that is not beneficial to anybody. So the message we want to share and the tips we want to share are about how do you start to embody your sovereignty living in a place where it seems like we're not free at all. Yeah, uh, we're really happy that Miriam spoke a lot about meditation and, and, and did that guided meditation. Meditation has something that has been uh, very instrumental in our embodiment practice. Um, and, you know, sovereignty doesn't have to be 
for us, it is a very spiritual um, concept. But, you know, depending on what your belief system is, whether you believe in God or um, just nature, the this, this source of your sovereignty is the nature of your being, the fact that you are. Um, and to remind us how sacred that is, because for us it is a very spiritual thing, um, we, we consider life a sacred act. For me, going to work is a sacred act. I go to work to do a job that I don't love. Um, I'm making that shift now. I'm shifting into something uh, that is more passion-driven. Um, but I still have a business that I don't love, um, but it's a sacred act for me to go to do that because I am trading my time and energy to support my family. Uh, we also have a 10-year-old son and an eight-month-old puppy uh, that we're supporting, that I'm supporting. And it's a sacred act. Life is a sacred act. So one of the things that we do every morning, um, aside from our individual personal meditation practices, is we sit together and have cacao in the morning together. Now, I used to get up and wake up at the last minute before I had to run out the door to go to work. And, you know, it's like stressful, right? You're getting up at the last minute. Ah, oh, I got to go do this job that I can't stand. And, you know, that's how I would go start my day, right? And then I'm working and I end up injuring myself because I'm being impatient because I don't want to be here. I don't want to do this. Or the client is listening to CNN all day. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that's always good when, when they have that going on in the background. But yeah, so we decided we were going to start this morning practice where every morning we drink cacao together. We've replaced coffee uh, and we drink cacao now. And But you could do it with anything. You could do it with your morning coffee, with a glass of water, with your green smoothie, whatever it is uh, that you want to do. And whether you're single or in a relationship, it's a great time to set intentions for the day. Um, a lot of times we'll talk about our dreams that we had that night. Um, and any struggles, emotional struggles, frustrations, frustration about going to work. And then like Miriam said, right, you have the two lanes. You can choose the lane of fear and anger and frustration, or you can choose the lane of love. And it's a lot easier to choose the lane of love when you've started your day in sacred ceremony. And again, it can be something as simple as sitting with your water, your coffee, your tea, whatever it is that you drink setting intentions for the day today. I wish to have a day of ease, of peacefulness, of serenity, of patience, mm -hmm. of flow. Like John said before, we can just flow. There's no need to resist everything. How many people get triggered when they see people wearing masks on the street? Or better yet, alone in their car. <laughs> I get you. My wife is very zen. She's a great <laughs> influence on me, but I still sometimes get triggered by that. Look at this idiot wearing a mask alone in his car. What's wrong with this person? And then I feel it in my body, right? You feel the stress well up, the anger, the anxiety. That's the type of person that wants to force me to get a vaccine, right? That's the, those are the thoughts that and if I start. You, if you notice this arm movement, right? Yeah, you can see it. That's see? where I carry my he stress. He has a lot right of shoulder pain. <laughs> I have a lot of shoulder pain because of that. I'm working on it. I'm working on integrating this. As I said, we're not gurus. We're going through this ourselves and just sharing the modalities that are working for us. Yes. But yeah, I don't need to get, get triggered by, because somebody believes Fauci and thinks they need to wear six masks to protect themselves from a cold. That's their business. Doesn't affect me. And you know, a lot of people, Vanessa mentioned before, Tom Woods, how many people are Tom Woods fans? 
or one. So somebody had tweeted that, I don't know how people still live in New York. It's, it's a fascist dictatorship. And honestly, I never wear a mask. I'm not vaccinated. I go everywhere I want to go. And very rarely do people ever say anything. I live my life as I please. And I think because I carry that energy of embodied sovereignty that a lot of people don't even question it. We're not going into places yelling, I'm not wearing a mask in here because I'm not an idiot, you know, or any of that. We, we walk into places very calmly. I'm here to buy like my Like I own the place. <laughs> hey, yo, I'm here from Brooklyn. <laughs> I'm here to buy my groceries. I'm here to have dinner. And we smile. We're kind to people. And like I said, sometimes that creates a spark, right? And somebody's willing to have a conversation with you. Oh, you're not wearing a mask. Did anybody say anything to you? No. A lot of times when we're not wearing a mask, other people are like, oh, and then they start pulling down their masks too. And then they start feeling more empowered to make those decisions as well. And for us, I mean, Danny coming from a, a long history of activism and fighting and screaming in people's faces to a simple act of simply being free. Oh, there's plenty of videos of me screaming on YouTube. <laughs> You guys think Alex Jones has a loud voice? <laughs> I know that loud voice. <laughs> so I mentioned that we just got a puppy. And so I binge watch a lot of Caesar Milan. I don't know if anybody has ever watched Caesar Milan, but Caesar Milan understands sovereignty. I was so shocked at how much I learned from Caesar Milan about sovereignty. He talks about a thing called calm confidence that dogs can, they read your energy more than anything else, more than your words, they read your energy. And when you're not in a calm uh, place of calm confidence, as he calls it, they sense it and they're like, oh, this guy is not a good leader. He, I can't follow him as a pack leader because he doesn't have his, his shit together. He's all nervous and angry. He's screaming at me. What is this guy doing? Right? That calm confidence comes from embodied sovereignty. I know who I am. I know what my values are. And no one else is going to tell me different, right? And that's not the same as being open to learning new things. Uh, we are very open to learning new things. We don't think we know it all. Um, that's a very different thing from when you've embodied something like Western medicine isn't for me. I don't take aspirin, um, you know, so I'm not going to take this vaccine. And I'm confident in that decision. And I'm not going to be pressured like that, that poor woman who we met at the dog park. She was she felt pressured. Her friends had ostracized another friend that refused to get the vaccine. And so she was like, I got to go get boosted now. I don't want to. And she felt that much pressure. And I felt a lot of compassion for her. It really was a beautiful conversation because in the end, she felt empowered to make her own decisions. She felt, I'm not alone. Other people think this too. She's like, the booster's not, doesn't even seem to be working. Why should I go get this? But if I don't, my friends aren't going to invite me to their houses anymore. So and, you know, just to illustrate how people can get caught up in this, she was telling us she had come to the dog park because she was home watching the news. She got up on it. She was like, I don't know why I did this. I got up, went on my phone, started scrolling through the news. And next thing you know, I'm ordering at home COVID tests. And I was like, what am I doing? I don't need any tests. Everybody's fine in my house. And she's like, I dropped the phone and I left to the dog park. And that just illustrates how your my like your habits can 
cause all of these things that you don't even truly believe. A lot of people out there don't really believe everything that they hear, but in the moment can get swept up in watching the news and hearing the stories, the talking points over and over again. And so it's understandable. And when you're in that embodied sovereignty and that calm confidence, when they open up to you, you're no longer judging them because you're no longer affected by their fear. Their fear is their fear and you can observe it and you can empathize with it, but you don't have to carry it. Mm -hmm. And now this opens up a line of communication where she's like, thank you so much. She said, thank you for allowing me to vent to you guys. I feel so much better. I'm like, I'm not alone anymore. I don't have to hide. I'm always afraid of talking to people in the dog park because they're going to think I'm crazy. And we saw other people in the dog park and some people you can tell are just kind of like listening. Oh, yeah. It's hard there to was tell. A, there was another woman in the back with who overheard our conversation. She was so upset. <laughs> she Scowling the whole time. <laughs> But there were other people, <laughs> but there were other people that were paying attention like, oh, this is interesting. I haven't heard this before. And, you know, people are curious. And depending on how we show up in the world is how we encourage other people, how we get to be the light for other people that are kind of lost. A lot of people are out there lost, wandering in the darkness, not sure who to believe, what to believe. And when you're in that calm confidence, like Cesar Milan says, you can be a pack leader. Then people can turn to you and say, oh, I trust this person because this person is confident, knows what they're talking about. They're not worried about whether people believe them or not, whether they're going to be ostracized or not. And that has allowed us to see the areas in our lives where, you know, what are we dependent on? You know, now we're looking at our food sovereignty. We live in a New York City apartment. How are we going to work on that? So this is a new area for us that we're starting to dig into and, and try to figure out. And so when we're in these situations, we like to remind people, like John was saying before, the more they push, the more opportunities we have. The more the powers that want to be push forward, the more we can start stepping into our sovereignty and recognizing, oh, wait, that's an area in which I'm not fully sovereign. What can I do to change that? How can I embody my sovereignty there? Yeah, um, I was just thinking about how a lot of people are saying that this is like an apocalypse. And the what apocalypse really means is a revealing. And that's really what we're seeing. We're seeing Klaus Schwab and Biden and all these people, Fauci, revealing what their real plans are. And there are, I think there's a lot more people that are awake to this. They're just quiet about it. I think maybe because they feel like they might be ostracized by their family. Um, I heard Adam Curry uh, on Joe Rogan quote a statistic. I don't know the source and I did not fact check it up front. <laughs> um, but what he was saying was that there's 30% of people that are completely like the COVID pandemic you know, response is complete manipulation. There's 30% who believe it completely and are like, oh yeah, this is what we need to do. And the 40% in the middle just kind of waver depending on what the information coming out. A new study comes out, says the vaccines are not as effective as natural immunity, so they believe that. And then they sway if another study comes out saying the opposite. Um, so that 40%, if we're embodying our sovereignty with that calm confidence, we're going to have a better effect than the people that are losing their minds and stressed out. We're gonna be able to reach those people. Embodying your sovereignty is going to supercharge whatever activism you're into, whether it's going to rallies or if you're a lobbyist trying to, to lobby local government to roll back tyrannical policies. 
um, you know, everybody has a role to play and we don't judge any of that. I don't do that type of activism anymore. I'm, I'm more focused on doing our internal work and kind of sharing that and um, advocating for normalizing of psychedelics. Um, but if you're going to be involved in that type of um, activism, having that embod embodied sovereignty, people read your energy too. It's not just animals. People read your energy, and a lot of it is subconscious. They don't even understand that they're reading your energy. And that's why people are attracted to people who are confident and who are, are like, I don't want to keep using the word sovereign, but that's what it is. <laughs> yeah. You know, and when, you, when you're in that, people are attracted to that. It's a light that, that comes from deep inside of you. It, I, we believe it comes from spirit, um, and it flows through you, through soul. Um, and people are attracted to that. And that is what builds the bridge. Like this woman in the dog park, we built a bridge with her now. She knows she's safe. She can come to us and ask us questions. So what do you think about the booster? What effect, efficacy? And we can have that conversation. We can talk to her about natural holistic medicine. Without which is what screaming we, in her face or judging her yeah, or, yeah. or being upset by her and her decisions. And again, this all comes with the work of looking at yourself. Why are you being triggered by somebody who's alone in a car wearing a mask? Why are you triggered by that? Does it trigger you because you feel that you're being outnumbered by people who believe the media? Do you feel like you don't have a community of people, not enough of a network of people that um, have the same belief systems as you? Now's the time to then start looking. Okay, how do I build that community, right? Instead of getting angry, reacting in anger, it's a time to take a look within. Why am I triggered by this? Oh, because I don't have a, as big of a community as I would like. How do I build that community? Now we start taking action to create solutions instead of falling into that anger that keeps us. The truth is that anger paralyzes us. We, we get angry. Now we're just arguing with people on rationally. Facebook. <laughs> we don't think rationally. We get angry at our spouse, at our children, at anybody that we come into contact with and you can't be a guiding light to anybody in that state especially yourself exactly yeah <laughs> do you see see why i love having morning cacao with this woman <laughs> how inspirational is she really Thank she you. she is the wind beneath my wings she has really taught me a lot about sovereignty and i thought i'm the one who's been an activist for all these years right and i thought i understood sovereignty I knew the word and the definition, but I did not really understand it to the full depth. And then we started doing our work together and you have inspired me greatly and plant medicine has really helped open me up to a lot of this. And so I have so much gratitude and I have gratitude for all of you for being here, for being a part of this movement, not just part of the movement that's complaining because there is a huge, that there's a lot of people that are just, you know, on Facebook complaining, but not exiting and building like you guys are doing. You're here, you're the movement. So thank you. Thank you I for feel less alone because you guys are here. <laughs> How much time we got, John? Because we'll go on forever. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> okay. All right, so just maybe to get a little bit into more practical stuff, when I'm getting triggered, when I'm on the street and I see somebody wearing six masks and I get triggered, I'm like, what? Oh, read the science. The science doesn't even say that this makes sense. Come on. I take a deep breath and I just think, you know, uh, one of my, um, one of Vanessa's cousins lives upstairs from us. And I was like, your cousins are always wearing masks. Do they, they buy into all this stuff? Why don't you talk to them? And then I remembered 
one of their husbands is diabetic. He's uh, he gets dialysis. Um, you know, he's he is more susceptible. And so now, what I try to think about when I see strangers on the street, are they immunocompromised, um, or do they live with somebody immunocompromised? I try not to assume they're just an idiot who buys into Fauci's baloney, right? I try to come at it from more of a compassionate and understanding, and that kind of disarms that like self righteousness, right? Like the judgment that that pops up, so that I can release that and not sit in that anger and and let it affect my day. Why why should that affect the rest of my day? Um, so I try to do that. I try to take a deep breath and just say, I don't know why they're wearing a mask, but maybe they have a good reason that I don't know about. I don't know everything. And I think it helps to have conversations with people and find out why they're making these decisions. We have family members. I have family members that have got, had to get vaccinated because they were about to lose their jobs and they have children and they have health insurance and all of these things that they couldn't just drop all of a sudden. And so they had to get vaccinated they didn't want to. They didn't, they, it was not their choice. They were um, advocating for, uh, against the uh, mandates and they ended up having to get vaccinated. So I can offer uh, support in how can we detox? How can we take care of our body? How can we start building strategies um, to help you not have to fall into this again? Right. And we can be there to support people instead of getting angry at them, instead of calling them idiots, instead of judging them for the decisions. We can actually listen because a lot of people are, like we said, making decisions out of fear um, because their livelihood is being challenged there. It, it's on the line. And so when we are embodied in our sovereignty, we can present those opportunities to other people instead of simply dismissing them as, oh, here's another sheeple. Here's another person who doesn't believe in freedom, right? We don't know the reasons why. And I think sometimes if we get into the particulars of why somebody had to get vaccinated, why somebody chose to do this, why somebody lives in fear, again, we come into this idea that we decide who whose decision is, that we get to judge that decision and say, yes, your decision is good enough to get vaccinated. Your decision is not good enough to get vaccinated. And if you're a person who is getting vaccinated and has made that decision because you check the science and the science checks, the science checks out for you, then you make that empowered decision as well. So we're kind of in this space where I don't believe that we necessarily need to judge people for their decisions. If they choose to get vaccinated and that's an embodied sovereign decision, I'm doing it because I feel it's what's right for me. I spoke to my doctor. I believe my doctor. I trust my doctor. I'm going to do that for that reason. We want it to be a sovereign decision, a decision that comes from a place of peace and not from a place of fear. And when we can inspire people or encourage people to be in that space of peace and calm and, and um, what did you call it? Calm confidence. Okay then their decision-making is is different, right? And now they can also choose to build communities with us. There are many people that have gotten vaccinated and then feel ashamed when they start reading the science or finding out that maybe it wasn't the best decision. They feel ashamed to talk to other people and tell them that, oh my God, I'm vaccinated. I mean, you went on, on a on um, a retreat and there were some people there that felt embarrassed to say that they were vaccinated because the majority of people at the retreat were not vaccinated. And so he felt like, oh, should I not say anything? I feel like I'm an outcast here. And 
Again, when you're in your sovereignty, a person who has chosen to get vaccinated is not a threat to you. A person who chooses to wear six masks is not a threat to you. And so that's where you start looking at where are my triggers? Why do I feel the need to control other people's decisions? Why do I feel the need to control how the media portrays something? Am I, why do I need to listen to that? Um, a lot of times I like to tell Danny, we could move to the middle of nowhere. We could live out here in, in the middle of nowhere on a farm with barely any internet. But if you wake up in the morning and check Facebook to see what people are thinking, you're going to continue. Li- you might as well continue living in Brooklyn. Just stay in Brooklyn if that's what you're going to do, right? Um, and I, honestly, I want to get out of Brooklyn. I really yeah. do. I want to move. But for right now, um, I can't. We have a 10-year-old who's from my previous marriage. I can't move too far away. Um, and But we've chosen, instead of just to be like, I'm a victim, I'm divorced, and I have a kid, and I can't leave Brooklyn. We're choosing to make it an exercise in how is New York City going to try and take my sovereignty today, and what creative solutions can I come up with to maintain my frequency of sovereignty? What did you call it? Sharpening your um, sovereignty sword? Right, yeah. <laughs> Right. Friction, right? Uh, Iron sharpens iron. So that's what it is. It's kind of like the friction of sharpening a sword whenever the government or or just the culture itself with the pressure, the peer pressure or coercion from the state, um, that's a sharpening. And you have to get creative. You have to figure out ways. How am I going to exit and build? So we can't exit so we have to come up with more um, creative solutions right now. And the truth is... And that makes us more embodied in our sovereignty. Yeah, and the truth is we live in a very progressive neighborhood. And Danny used to check the Facebook group a lot, our neighborhood Facebook group. And there's always somebody trying to call the police on a neighbor, somebody trying to um, let people know where to go get vaccinated. They have this many vaccines at this place. Run, go get them. Take your kids to go get vaccinated. And why aren't people wearing masks? And it's really interesting to go into the group and see what these people are saying. But I don't look at the group. And I have lived in that neighborhood for most of my life. And I go out without a mask and I walk my dog and I go grocery shopping and I do the things that I need to do. And I have not once encountered a single person that has yelled at me, that has told me they're going to call the police on me or done any of that. So to me, I believe that, yes, social media, I've worked in social media many years. I know how social media works, how the algorithms work. So obviously those voices are going to be amplified on social media. And we're going to believe that every Everybody thinks that way because that's what social media wants you to believe. When you recognize that that's what's happening, then you don't believe that the people that are, whose voices are being amplified on social media are really the majority because they're not. The majority of people in our neighborhood seem to be just fine, living their lives pretty normally. Um, and like I said, in the past two years, I have never encountered anybody that has yelled at me, that has told me I have to wear a mask, that has been aggressive towards me in any way except if I go into the Facebook group and try to tell them that I'm not going to get vaccinated. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know, we also have a blog called sovereign in the city and actually, I don't know if you guys know this, but John (laughs) was in a reality show called sovereign living. Who knows this? Nobody. Whoops. Giving away secrets here. Well, John inspired us to, figure out how we can maintain our sovereignty in the city. And that's where a lot of this started. So thank you, John. 
You're an inspiration. Not just to us, but to everybody here. <laughs> yeah, we are really, yes, a round of applause for John. For John and Derek for starting the Freedom Cells Network and the Greater Reset. We are really so happy to be a part of this. We love John and Derek. They are very dear friends to us. But not only that, we are so excited and proud to be on the same path and, and page with them. Um, it really, we're, we're, it, they're a great support system and we love to support them. And it's really just been a beautiful journey for the last, I don't know, 12, 12 or so years, right? Going back to daily practices, how do we embody our sovereignty? So morning practices, how do you start your day? What information are you choosing to take in? Um, how are you talking to other people? Are you allowing other people's opinions affect how you live your life? Um, are you living your life in fear? Are you living your life in an empowered, um, an empowered state? Um, it's, it's really interesting to see how things shift, right? We like to think that the changes happen from outside. Once we get the government squared away, then we'll finally be free. And we'll continue playing that game forever and ever and ever because that's just the way life is, right? But when you start shifting things from within, it, it feels like things outside start shifting. And in some ways they do. Like, like we were saying right now, this whole COVID pandemic, once COVID started, um, we kind of felt a little bit weird saying that 2020 was the best year of our lives. Yeah, We had the best year of our lives. We, you know, everything shut down. We spent a lot more time in nature. We went out to the parks. We were already homeschooling. So the transition for us was very easy. We got a lot more people into homeschooling because we had already started doing it. And once parents started realizing how terrible the system was and what their children were actually learning when they went to virtual uh, when they went virtual, they were like, oh, my God, my sister was like, I can't believe this is happening. You know, my my daughter's spending a whole week on one math problem. This doesn't make any sense. So we started, you know, convincing and, and sharing. Well, you know, we homeschool every day, maybe about two hours. And he's doing great. He loves it. He, there are some days where he'll sit and he'll read for hours. Other days he wants to work on science projects. Other days he wants to work on woodworking. And he's 10 years old and he reads at a college level already. What? What? Thank God for the public school system for inspiring <laughs> people to homeschool. Yeah. Thank you for the contrast. Thank you for providing such crappy service that parents are like, when they finally saw it, her sister seeing the virtual classroom, being in the room while her kids are doing this virtual schooling and being like, this is school? Forget this. I'll, I could do a better job myself. And she is. And she pulled them out. And, and we've had a lot of people come to us who know that we homeschool and say, okay, how do we get started? Because this craziness of going to school one week or having to wear a mask all day, and then, then they send them home and it's back and forth. New York City is a mess with the school system. So, so it really is about shifting your, the way you receive the information, right? When we start seeing, like Danny says, thank you, New York City school system for being so horrible that there are so many more people that are willing to homeschool now. Thank you, government, for showing the exposing the tyranny. It's like they're, it's getting worse and worse and worse. And the more that happens, the more people are starting to question things and say, wait a minute, I don't really believe all of that. And that yeah. seems a little bit too much. That seems excessive. I kind of want it to keep getting worse <laughs> till everybody wakes up and then that's it. It's over. The show's over. 
So we have that choice at that point to, again, be angry. And, you know, um, recently, as a matter of fact, John shared on his uh, Facebook, he shared a post about, um, it. I believe it was a poem or it, it was a, a whole post where it was saying how people, um, society is like pushing a lot of us out and the more we're unable to go to restaurants we start having potlucks we start having our own gatherings we start having our own karaoke nights and we start growing gardens and doing all of these beautiful things and sometimes we get caught up in this idea of i want to continue being part of society but this society is not the society we want to be in why are we fighting to stay a part of this this culture that's toxic so, that we all know is toxic, that we call out every day of our activist lives as being toxic. It's but like yet, to we're also protesting to stay in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so as we start seeing all of these things come up, we come up with greater solutions. And again, we have that clear mind of I'm sovereign. So how do I embody that sovereignty instead of trying to convince somebody to give me that sovereignty? Mm -hmm. Or to not stand in the way of my sovereignty. Exactly. I'm not waiting for you. I'm, I'm just going to embody my sovereignty. I'm not waiting for you to give me permission uh, or get out of my way. I'm going to set boundaries when I need to. Um, and I think that there's an important thing that I don't want to, you know, we've talked about, you know, don't pay attention to the news. There's, there's a, you need to be informed about what's happening, right? Information gives you the ability to make a choice. If you don't know something's happening, you can't make a choice about it. Um, but it's, it's about consuming it in a way, a conscious way, where you're, you're setting boundaries where you don't allow the energy of that to get into you, right? Where you don't allow the, the headlines of what these lunatics that run the government are doing make you put you in fear, or which then can metastasize into anger, right? And then your, your logic is out the window. Once you're off center emotionally, your, your rational thinking goes out the window and then it makes harder, it gets harder to make good decisions. So it's not that we're saying, don't pay attention to anything that's going on, ignore the world, uh, you know, and just get off the grid in that, in that way. You do need to be aware, but uh, in a very conscious way, um, how you process that, that information. And it's like, what's, it's a new challenge. Vanessa likes to, um, our son loves Fortnite, and actually we play with him. I don't know who's familiar with the game Fortnite. Oh, it's a video game where you, parents you, you, you make a team and you go into this world and, you know, you kind of do these challenges. And so that's kind of the way we like to look at it. Like, what challenge are they going to give us today? Oh, they're going to make Venmo report every transaction uh, over $600. So now I got to figure out another way to keep my income off the grid so it's non taxable. Well, I guess we got to go deeper into crypto or, you know, whatever, barter, right? And so it makes us get more creative about expressing our sovereignty. And, you know, this is something that we've learned in our relationship as well. As we have sometimes disagreements, we have arguments. It's like, okay, what is this going to teach us? What is this opening up an opportunity for? And when you start looking at things that way, you're no longer bogged down by, oh, my God, now what? Now what did they come up with? Now what's, what's the new law? What's the new issue? Now it's like, oh, okay, so what are we going to do with this stuff? How, are, how is this going to lead us to a new, more creative solution, more exciting? Exciting solution, more exciting opportunity to, like Danny said, the whole Venmo 
thing now opens up the door for him to talk to more people about crypto. And a lot of people don't want to you report everything to um, the IRS in terms of their transactions. So this is a greater opportunity for people that might not have been willing before are going to be more willing now. So when we start looking at things that way, it becomes more exciting. It becomes fun. And we yeah. want to have fun. Reframing is another great practical tip. Just reframe it. Look for how you can creatively solve the challenge. And I mean, that's been huge for us. Yeah. And she's really good at reframing. <laughs> Me, not so much, but I'm learning. <laughs> well, thank you very much. <laughs> we have a lot of gratitude for all of you. Um, if you want to check out our website, it's SovereignLove.NYC. You can get our podcast about uh, love, sex, and psychedelics. And um, we do a lot of other things, too, so you can check that out. Thank you so much for having Thank us. We you. really appreciate you. All right, I lost the bet. He didn't cry. <laughs> Unless I missed it. I, you know, I cried this morning in the meditation event that I was at 11 o'clock. I, I did cry. Where, where is she still here? Cynthia. Cynthia. Oh, she just stepped out. Cynthia did an amazing meditation this morning, and I bawled. All right. Thank you for watching. We really appreciate you guys tuning in and watching our presentation from The Greater Reset. As always, we just want to remind you to follow us on social media. We are on all the big tech platforms. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram. We're mostly active on Instagram and YouTube. Um, but we also want to encourage you to follow us on Minds.com and Float.app. These are two privacy-centric, run by anarchists, um, and they protect free speech. They do not censor on these platforms. Um, they both have a very similar feel to Facebook. So if you're looking for a Facebook alternative, Minds.com and Float.app are great options. And then there's Odyssey.com, which is a privacy censorship-free um, YouTube alternative. So you can check out the love stream on Odyssey.com. And we really encourage you to, to follow us and share those videos. Don't share the YouTube links. Share the Odyssey.com links. We really need to get people using these alternative social media networks. Uh, thank you very much again for watching. We love you and uh, happy Sovereign Sunday. Happy Sovereign Sunday. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Sovereign Love Stream podcast. Please subscribe now and join us bi-weekly on Sundays at SovereignLoveStream.com for our live video broadcast. Please check out our social media on censorship-free platforms like Minds.com, Float.app, and Odyssey.com. Find links to all of our social media at SovereignLoveStream.com. If you would like to support our show with an energy exchange, visit us at Patreon.com slash SovereignLoveStream. Thank you for listening.